if you would, turn to First uh, Peter chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 18 this morning. I really, when I started, I intended to go finish the chapter, but this section of Scripture is one that uh, I think is very much needed. Uh, not that all of it isn't, but it, it, I think it will find that it applies to our lives no matter where your situation is, what you're doing right now, this is going to, you'll find application in this, which is always the goal, so that we learn things about theology, we learn about God, so that we can apply it in our lives, so that we can glorify God. I mean, that, that's that's why we're here, so that people can see Christ, people can, and people can be saved. So, I'm going to read the, I'll read the text, and then we'll pray. So 1 Peter 2:13 Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evil doers and for the praise of those who do good For this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice but as bond servants of God honor all people Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for a glorious morning you've given us, for allowing us to come together to worship you through, through your scriptures, through songs, through fellowship. God, how awesome is it that we can come together as a diverse people with one common thing, and that's Christ. I just praise you for that this morning. I pray, God, that as we examine these scriptures, that you will grant me wisdom, grant me a message, Lord, that is from your spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that I would point to Christ. I pray, Lord, that we would, our hearts would desire this. Our hearts would desire to take what we learn here and apply it in our lives. And let the message be clear that we could do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, as I was just pondering this entire thing, I was thinking about just the doctrines, different doctrines in the Bible, and some of them are easy to understand, some of them are difficult to understand. Some of them are easier to believe than others. Some of them are easier to follow than others. And I think that this passage of Scripture may be one of the hardest, if not the hardest, doctrine in the Bible to obey. And that's the doctrine or submission. Submission to other people. Why? Why, why would it be the most difficult? It is completely, as, as many things are, but it's completely opposite of our fallen human nature, our sin nature does not like this. We don't like rules, right? We, do, we don't like restrictive laws that are telling us where, where we can go and where we can't go. Our, our hearts don't like it. You, you, the old um, psychology trick where you go into the zoo or you go into an aquarium of some, site, some type and it says, do not tap on the glass, What's that make? It makes me want to tap on the glass. I cannot stand it, right? That's a small, minute example of my heart that when there is authority, I want to rebel against it. It's my nature. We are too proud to accept other people telling us what to do. That's a, that is the truth. I mean, in a sense, you know what Isaiah said we're all like sheep that have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We're a wandering sheep. We, we don't want to be with, with the shepherd in our hearts, in our nature, in our, in our human nature. So as we look at this, as we look at these verses, we're going to try to learn how to deal with the various levels 
of authority that God has placed in this world. All right, and, th- and there is a lot. I mean, th- this can go into small areas in your job, in your home. This can be as large as the country with the president, those kind of things, and, in, and everything in between. So we have, to, we have to kind of look at all of it, and it's going to be um, kind of an overview of all that. But, but just look at that first verse in, in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So to be subject to, or the New King James says to submit, King James I think says to submit to those. That's actually a military term. It means to get in line. And it says to those to every human ordinance, to every human authority that has been placed in our lives, we're to get in line. So who could that be? Look at the I mean it could be the United States government, the president, the judicial system of them, congressmen. They're setting policies. We're to get in line. It could be our governor or governors in general. That's what he says as governors. Police. Here's, here's one that I think we need to address as our culture becomes more and more rebellious. And there's this whole issue we're dealing with with police right now. But Peter gives us instruction here. All human ordinances submit to. What about your boss? What about your parents if you're still at home under their authority? Look at Romans 13.1. Because the, the reality of this is it becomes a sovereignty of God issue. Romans 13.1, he says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. He goes on, therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So to, to resist against authority is to resist against God. Why? Because God is sovereign. And as much as you may disagree with President Obama, which I do in many cases, most cases that I know of, I disagree with his morality for sure. We know that. But yet, why is he the president? God has placed him there. God has a purpose for him being there because he is sovereign. And that's what we've got to remember. And that's what we've got to remember that God is sovereign and we've got to trust in that sovereignty. And so to do so, we get in line with that. Now, of course, there's going to be exceptions, but we'll talk, we're, going to, we're going to talk about those a little bit later. But he says every human institution, everywhere we have an, a human institution, everywhere we have a gathering of people together, we're going to find people in authority and we're going to find people under authority. It's going to happen. It, it has to happen or you're going to have complete disarray and everybody doing what's right in their own eyes. And that does not go very well for very long. It becomes complete crazy. And then even inside of that, somebody's going to rise to power, right? That's how it works. So there's always some sort of thing going on where there's authority. Um, but here's the problem. Sometimes the people that we find ourselves under are fools. fools. They're foolish men. Sometimes they lack wisdom Sometimes they show arrogance and discrimination, right? Sometimes they're evil. They're completely morally out of line. But yet, Peter says, be subject to them. And he says, whether it is the emperor or the king as supreme. Now remember, going back in the beginning of the book of Peter, you remember who the king is or the emperor that is in control of these people. Do you remember? It's, it's, it's Nero. Do you remember what Nero has done? I mean, we can talk about our president being evil. We can talk about him being wicked. We can talk about presidents before 
being evil and wicked, but we have never seen this level of at least being acted out that Nero did. He was evil. He was wicked, and he did not mind showing it, and he had the power to do so. This is the guy who was killing Christians. He was dipping them in tar and setting their bodies on fire to light the streets of Rome. That is not made up. That is historically accurate. That's what was going on. He burned a large part of the city, killing people, destroying people's property, and then blamed it on Christianity. And Peter says what? Be subject to the king as supreme. And then he goes on to say, or to governors. These were inferior magistrates. They were a level down, still under control of the king, but in control of smaller provinces. We see an example of that with Pontius Pilate. When Jesus is going to trial, Pilate's in control of that region. Um, Felix was another one. They had certain control from the king, and generally speaking, they executed their control kind of like the king did. I mean, they were ruling authorities over that area. He says, be subject to them. Be, submit to these lower levels of authority as well. And, he, and then he says this, as sent by him to punish those who do evil. And this could refer to a variety of things, but the one that comes to my mind is the police. These governing authorities are there for protection. I mean, the, the real purpose for them is for protection, um, to punish evildoers, to, and to provide certain things. And when we look at that, when you bring it down to our local level, to something that we can kind of understand, that, that's the job of the police, Right? They're there for protection. They're a governing authority over us for protection. They're sent to punish. And they don't as much punish um, in our system, although in some cases they do issue the punishment. For example, citations, speeding tickets, um, those kind of things. That's actually a punishment on you to try to prevent you from doing it again. So, But they're sent, to, sent for that purpose. Um, and they're to stop people who are not in submission to the governing authority. If you just don't care about the laws that are set in this country, if you don't care about the laws that are set in this city, that's the job of the police is to stop you from breaking those laws. And we're to submit to those authorities as well. And Peter is clear in this instruction. But here's the thing that we, I think we need to think about. It's so much a heart issue. There's going to be times when the authorities try to stop us from doing things um, that are actually legal. And this, this comes out a lot with street evangelism. I heard Ray Comfort talking one day, and, and Ray Comfort has probably spent about as much time on the streets preaching as, as anybody. I mean, he's, that's what he does. He goes on a regular basis preaching on the streets. And I heard him say one time that he's never been arrested. There's been other guys who have been arrested, but he said that he feels the reason he hasn't been arrested is because he was, he's always so, he's been approached many times, but he's always so respectful that it, they just haven't done it. Now, it's also God's providence that he hasn't. There's also times when you can be respectful and do everything correctly, and that it's still an evil man, and he may still arrest you, and then you submit to that. But I, I feel like sometimes... As Christians, we almost start looking for the fight before it comes. You ever feel that way? And I think there's some of that. Um, you can kind of get that feel with Christmas a little bit. Like everybody's trying to take Christmas out of everything. Everybody's trying to take Christ out of Christmas, and we're going to rally together and all this stuff. And sometimes I wonder, is it really that? Are people really that concerned with taking Christ out of Christmas, or are we creating this kind of a little bit ourselves? I don't, I don't really know the answer to that. But I know on the street, sometimes uh, the police will come, and it's like your heart, and you, you kind of get this puffed-up attitude like, I have my rights. Instead of 
a submissive attitude of, I'm sorry, I, I really don't intend to disturb anything. Is there something I'm doing that's breaking? With asking a lot of questions, am, am I breaking the law? And, and if, it's just so much an attitude thing, I think, with submission to government. It's so much because if you, if you put yourself in the, in the shoes of a police officer, and maybe he's had a noise complaint, and you're standing down in Bricktown, and something's going on, and he comes up, and you bow up a little bit. The immediate reaction for him is, okay, all right, I'll show you who's in authority, because remember, these are simple men too. And he may even be a Christian, but he's still got the same flesh that we have, and pride is an issue with all of us. And so what Peter is saying here is, submit. If a policeman comes to talk to you, submit. Shrink yourself. Right? It's not about us. It's not about us. And, and we'll get to more of why as we go on. But that's, that's just kind of the thoughts I've had on those that are sent to stop the evildoers. And that's the job of the government. And even in corrupt governments, there's a certain amount of that. Even in corrupt governments, and sometimes even more in corrupt governments because they issue punishment how they will, thievery is narrowed. Murder is lessened. Why? Because the government is there to stop that. Um, so that, that's what he's talking about there. And as, as we go on, the truth is sometimes we don't like this. The truth is we, when we're approached or when we're pulled over for speeding or when we're approached for maybe we parked wrong or maybe we're preaching in open air and the police come up to us, we don't want to submit. We want to say, who are you, buddy? I have my rights. This is America. I have the Constitution. And that, that's all true. I'm not even saying it's not. I've seen a time after time after time where Christian rights are being removed but it's how we deal with that. Do we have rights by the Constitution? Absolutely. But we're also to submit to the authority. So if we're going to ex exercise those rights, we have to do it the proper way through the government that has been established. Not by bowing up to the police officer. Not by bowing up to um, a security guard or somebody who's... In, a, in an authoritative situation over us. Are there exceptions to this? I think, I think the answer is definitely yes. Um, there's definitely times where we have to go against the governing authorities. I mean, that's obvious. There's times when the government's going to... I mean, you look at Nazi Germany, and the government may have been requiring you to hold the gun or push the bulldozer over live bodies or whatever, of course, there's going to be exceptions. But here's the thing. We can't start with those exceptions. We must get this command clearly in our mind first. Does that make sense? If we start here with submission and we get that clear and we make that right, then the exceptions won't be sinful. Then we'll have the exceptions right. If we start with the but this attitude, we'll never correctly submit. Um, and, and the truth is, in our country, as of right now, and this is all due to change, but as of right now, the exceptions are actually few. Most of the time, are, and there, are you going to run into guys who are puffed up and, and abusing their authority? Sure. But is it a time, are there very many times where we really have to absolutely defy authority? Not, not so far. Is it coming? Possibly. Probably. But so far, and there, I'm not saying there's no exceptions, but they're fewer than what we might make up in our minds. But the, the question then comes up, why do we do this? Why do we, we have God as the supreme king, as our father, Right? We've been adopted in. We've, we've become heirs of this kingdom. That's, and Peter talked about that in chapter 1. We're heirs with Christ. 
why should we submit to these ungodly men? Why should we submit to these ungodly kings and these ungodly governors and our ungodly boss? Why should we do that? Well, he answers the question in in verse 15. He says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You could actually stop at the first part of the verse, and that's good enough, for this is the will of God. Why do we submit to ungodly men? Because it's the will of God. Yes, we're under the king. Yes, we belong to him. Yes, we're part of his kingdom. We're heirs of his kingdom. But it's his will that we submit, so that's enough. But he goes on, and he he actually explains it even more, which I think helps us to apply it. I think it helps us to, to... honor him in doing so, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. That applied so well in this time when Peter's writing this letter. The Gentiles knew very, very little of God in this time. They were heathens. They, they had no idea what Judaism really was. They had no, and then as Christianity comes in and Christ is, is sacrificed and, and the church is, is growing and spreading all over the place, the, the, the Gentiles had very little clue what this was about. But they had an idea in their mind what it was. And that is what we have now, today, here in America, all across the world. And the ideas may be different, but they're most of the time wrong. Even with professing believers, they have this idea of what Christianity is, and most of the time they're wrong, but especially with unbelievers, professing unbelievers that have not professed Christ. People have been sitting in church, and they don't understand what Christianity is. If you, if you know any atheists, there's, a, there's some out there. If you don't know any, you can find them. But atheist friends, um, non-believing friends, just just kind of people that are just, you know, what we would call good old boys, and they're just living their life, and they're working hard, but they, they're just not Christians, they're not saved. And you ask them, you get a variety of answers on what is Christianity, but the general populace of atheists, basically when they hear Christianity, they think of things like, homophobic, um, white. I don't know why we get that um, that stigma that all Christians are white, but for some reason that's a, a stereotype that's out there. Um, I'm trying to think of some more stereotypes that come along. Uh, Republican, what'd you say? Yeah, you got to be Republican. You got to own a gun. If you're a Christian, you got to be Republican. You got to go own a gun. Probably live in the Bible Belt. I mean, that, that's kind of the idea that a lot of people have. It's this, and and the homophobic thing. I actually had I saw a question by a guy that's like, why are Christ, why do Christians hate homosexuality or hate homosexuals? The truth, is, I mean, the truth is we don't. We don't. We love them. That's the reason we want to explain it to them. And, and so the, the unbelieving population has this idea of what Christianity is. And some of it comes from Christians' behavior that seems to get on the news a lot. Um, Westboro Baptist comes to mind. They get the most publicity out of anybody. The nuttiest group that's out there. And it gives this stigma to the rest of us. So here's what Peter said. Here's what he's saying here. When we submit to authority, it's going to help to change that mindset. The police may have in their mind when they're coming and saying, hey, you can't preach here. They have in your mind, you're going to resist. You're going to. And then when you say, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I really appreciate what you do. I really appreciate the job that you have. It's a hard job to do. What can I do that I can still do this, but in a way that won't, won't cause you problems? What if you went with that attitude? What if your boss came to you with all kinds of 
gripes. Has anybody ever had that happen? Probably. Probably if you have a boss, it's probably happened at some point. And they come to you, and they, they're giving you all these things. You say, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I really, or ma'am, I really want to do better. What is it that I need to do that I can do better? I want to do my job as well as I can. Sometimes those gripes, those complaints that they have are foolish. Has anybody ever worked for a foolish boss? One that wants you to do all of these things that don't make any sense? Right? It happens all the time. I know Tyler does because he, he's a con, in construction. Anybody that's ever been in construction knows this because they're, they're going to be like, well, we need you to do this. It's not necessary. But we need you to do it. But yet, you can you can have it in two different ways. You can have it, that's stupid, I'm not doing that. And you can have that attitude, and what does that do for God? What does that do for Christ? Nothing. But what if you have that attitude of, listen, I'd really like to show you why that's not necessary, but if you want to do it, you're the boss. Right? Isn't that the attitude that he's saying here that we should have? Um, and, and in doing so, that stops the mouths of foolish men. They can know if you live your life this way, where you submit to your boss, or ch- kids, where you submit to your parents, um, where you submit to the governing authorities, you want to have you want them to say this about you. That guy's the real deal. Whatever it is about Christianity, that makes sense. That, that guy is different. That's what you want. But if you're constantly bucking up against authority or defying authority or slandering authority, that's not the attitude they'll have. They'll just see, Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. How many times have we heard that? And how many, The bad thing is, how many times has it been true? That's what we don't want. We don't want that to be true. Look at Matthew 5. Chapter 5, verse 41. I think Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount gives us some instruction along the same lines. Forty one says, And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. And what he's talking about there was the soldiers would come along and they had this gear that they would have to carry. And in Rome, or or in this time, it's the same basic thing that Peter's dealing with. They had laws where the Roman soldiers could make you, they could just, whatever you're doing, you drop it, you're in service to Caesar, and you're going to carry this gear for a mile. And then they'll find somebody else to do it. That's what they would do. And it was terrible. I mean, you can imagine, you, you have whatever it is that you're doing... And they say, nope, you drop it. It does not matter what it is. You're going to serve the king, and you're going to carry this stuff for a mile. It was not a, it was not a popular thing amongst the Jews or amongst any of the people to have to do that. What's Jesus say? If he asks you to do it for a mile, you go too. Do you like it? Probably not. Do you think it's right to force that on people? No, probably not, but it's not about you. And in so doing, when you do this, when you carry it, and and the soldier says, okay, your mile's up, and say, let's go another. What does that do to him? What is the authority that's ungodly going to do with somebody like that? Listen, Kobe, you got to stay after work. Do this extra job. Why? Well, I just... No reason. You're just it. Why me? Well, I don't like you. 
Okay. Whoa, what? People look for fights. People expect fights. And when you don't give it to them, it shocks them and it stops their mouth. That's what Peter's talking about. The apostles signified that it was the declared will of God that his people should so behave in civil life that their enemies should be entirely confounded and silenced and have nothing to say against them. If they're going to say something against us, let them make it up. Let it be false witness the way it was with Christ. So the ultimate reason that we are to submit to human authority is because it is submission to our Lord. And in so doing, we glorify Him. We reveal His nature working in us. And people's ignorance of Christianity and people's ignorance of Jesus Christ will be silenced. They'll see the true nature of Christ when we submit to the governing authorities. Then he says in verse 16, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. And here I think we find the motivation of how to submit. Because submission and freedom are usually viewed as polar opposites, right? How do you submit to somebody and still be free? How am I free if I'm submitting to my boss and to the governor and to the police and to the president and to this government we have in this nation? How am I submitting to them or how am I free if I'm submitting to them? But true freedom comes only from submission. The truth is, and I think Randy talked about this Wednesday night, we're going to serve something. Always, right? It was a Bob Seger or something, Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is. It's true. We're going to serve something. We're going to submit to someone or something at all times. And some things that we submit to are chains and bindings and a load on our back. I thought of in Pilgrim's Progress. You know, Pilgrim, he's carrying this he's carrying this load and he cannot get rid of it. And that's what we most of the things that we submit to um, are that. You can't escape it. You can't get away from it. You know, these these there's been some stuff going on in over in Stratford, I don't know if you've heard, but it's some terrible activity going on. Um, three kids that stole a car. They found the car on the road, and then they found one of the kids stuck. In, they're like 13, 14-year-old kids. One of them was stuck in quicksand for like two days, and they found him, and he was alive. But then they found another one who was dead in a barn somewhere. And it's it's obviously some kind of drug activity that was going on. I was talking to my wife. What usually happens is... These drug dealers and these gangs, they, they um, find these young kids to do their dirty work. And you ask, if you ask these, these kids, and, and it goes into a lot of different areas, but you ask them, hey, why did you quit school? I got tired of people telling me what to do. But what do they do? They go right from school... And they go to this gang who's telling them what to do. Right? The only difference is one cares about them, the other one doesn't in a lot of cases. One's just absolutely using them to do their dirty work. Have you ever heard that? I got tired of people telling me what to do. But yet they're in a gang or they're doing drugs and they're, they're under complete submission to these evil men doing evil deeds who will beat them. Or kill them if they don't obey. But they don't want people telling them what to do. That's that, that's that bondage that I'm talking about. That's the kind of submission that's going to just bind you up where you can't move. But when we submit to the perfect love of Christ, it is extremely freeing. We sang a song last week. It's one of my favorite hymns. Um, 
I think it's called Amazing Love, but there's a line in that song. And if you've ever been to a conference where they sing that song, this line seems to get a little louder. Everybody sings this a little more. It says, my chains fell off, my heart was free. But then listen to what the next, it, it, it's a paradox. It, it, it can, contradicts itself. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That's submission to Christ. The chains are gone. You can walk freely. You can follow him in submission, and it's completely free. And you don't, cannot use that freedom as a cloak to commit sin. It is not a license to commit sin, contrary to what we're hearing, contrary to this carnal doctrine that we hear about how you can be a carnal Christian. No, no. Listen to this. Listen to Peter here. Submit to Christ, and it will free you. But that freedom brings you in line with him. It's the only place you're free. If you start finding yourself using that freedom as any kind of excuse, you've gone out of line. And you're not in submission anymore. And you need to check your heart. And you need to pray to God. And you need to get back in line and submit to him so that you can be free. But, I mean, think about that. Do you, can you relate to that? Were you in bondage before you came to Christ? If you're not in Christ now, are you in bondage? Is there a sin that you're holding on to that's saying, no, you've got to keep doing this? What is that sin that's keeping you from coming to Christ? What is that sin? What is so important that keeps you from falling in line? I mean, what is it? There's no better feeling than when those chains come off and your heart is finally free. After all that, in, in the Pilgrim's Progress, he drops the load, just falls off at the cross. And I rose, went forth, and followed thee. And, and it, it's, that's it. It's for, it's, for eterna, it's for eternal life that you will follow him. Submission brings freedom. Now, that seems simple. That preaches good. Right? But it's not, always, it's not always that simple. It's not always that easy because submission many times means doing things we don't see as necessary or things we don't want to do. Nobody, I don't think, enjoys cleaning toilets. But you know what? If your boss tells you to clean the toilet, clean it. It may include following instructions of people that we do not respect, that have not earned our respect. At this point, when these, when these things come to mind, I think we face two dangers. The first one is we talk too much. We talk too much. Just like we're talking about respectable sins, gossip came up. Um, gossip is one of those things, or, or complaining came up. One of those things we just talked too much. Proverbs 10.8 says, The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. There's so many times I catch myself as the babbling fool. How many times do we receive instruction, and rather than just submitting and doing, we keep talking and our mouth gets us in trouble? Quite a lot. And our mouth fails to do what verse 15 says, which would stop the mouth of fools. We actually become the fool. Just keep our mouth shut. And then the number two thing that I think that we um, face as a danger of this is that we make excuses. And we justify our actions. I don't agree. That does not make sense. So I'm not going to submit. Uh, here's, a, here's a perfect example for you. It, it's a minute example again, but outside of Stratford, there's a road with not that much traffic. And the cross, but it's a, it's a through road. It goes all the way through. It's a mile road. And the crossroad right there is a, on one side, it's a driveway to a house that is empty right now. And on the other side, it's a neighborhood with about, it's a road with about 10 houses. 
And I've drove this road a lot, and I've never actually seen a car at either one of those. I've just drove through. But they just put a stop sign in. I have no idea why. And I look at it, and I think that is a very foolish place for a stop sign. Why would they put a stop sign here? So I could, like, well, that stop sign's stupid. I'll just ignore it, right? There's no way I'm going to hit another car, so I'll just run the stop sign. But that would not be the godly thing to do. The stop sign's there. The governing authority has put it there. So what should I do? I should stop and then go, right? Stop. I mean, but do we not do that? Do we not? Well, that's a stupid rule anyway. And so we ignore it and go on. But Peter's saying, don't make, don't make excuses, fall in line, submit. If that, that guy doesn't know as much about this as I do anyway, has anybody ever had a boss like that? That you happen to know more about that, the, what you're doing? I know Kobe has. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, we've all, had, we've all had those times. And Well, that guy doesn't know as much about it as me, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way. No, nope, doesn't matter. He's in position, so don't make those excuses. Or just flat out saying, that's stupid, so I'm not doing it. So don't make excuses in, our, in your mind or out loud to buck against authority. Outside of sinful actions, submit. Don't ask why. I mean, it's okay to get clarification, but don't grumble and complain about it. Just submit. But at this time, we need to clarify, however, that submission is not blind obedience. We're not, we're not a foolish people. Um, sometimes we will disagree, and we can make it known, but we can submit anyways. Like, listen, I want you to know, I think there's a better way to do this and explain it, but you're the boss, right? Um, so I'll submit. If I don't like the stop signs, let's say I live down that road and I think it's not a good idea, I can still submit to that stop sign, but I could also try to get it changed, right? I could write a letter to the city manager, to the mayor, and, and let it be known, listen, I think this is, I think it's kind of foolish. But if it stays there, I'm going to stop. So there's, there's ways that sometimes we can change our situation um, and then there's other times we will not be able to su- submit because in so doing would actually sin against the Lord, right? Okay, you're a doctor, and your boss tells you you must perform this abortion. Mm-mm. No, no. If you're a if you're a soldier, and your boss says you're going to go into this village and you're going to kill all these everybody in there. Mm. No, no, there's times when you have to not submit. But those times are few. Those times really are few. But, and, and they must be dealt with. And the, and the thing is, when those come up, you have to be also willing to accept the, the punishment of what's coming with that. Is it important enough that I'll be on the other side of the fence now? I'll be punished with them if I don't obey? Or is it important enough that I'll lose my job over this? There's going to be times when God tells you to preach the gospel in school as a teacher. And God has told us to preach the gospel. And if the, and if the boss says, no, not at all, no mention of Jesus, I think it would be sinful to disobey that. But I would also be ready for him to provide... And if if I lost my job over that, right? So there's there's some balance there, and, and but so much with the heart's posture, even in those situations, even if your boss comes and says you have to you have to perform this abortion. Listen, listen. I know you're my boss. I respect your authority, but I cannot do that. I cannot do it, and and with as much. Humility and submission as you can, you would disobey, right? Right? It's a heart's posture. Um, and it, it, submission also 
uh, does not mean that we have to stay in our situation forever. If you have a foolish boss, you're to submit to him while he's there, but that doesn't mean you can't go get another job. Start looking for another job, right? If you, have, if you live in a place where and, and the, the governing authorities of the town you live in or the city or the company you work for or whatever is evil, there's nothing saying, listen, you can't move. You know, you should prayerfully, prayerfully consider those things. Um, so, so that's important to understand. And then in verse 17, he goes on, he says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. Honor all men, no matter their stature, no matter their influence, position, rank, or race, you honor them. It doesn't matter if it's a homeless man on the street or the president of the United States or the president of your favorite seminary or whoever it is. You honor them. They're men. They're created in the image of God, although that image is marred. They're still men. They're still souls. So we honor them. Everyone. And in so doing, you'll honor Jesus. It says, love the brotherhood or the brethren, the church, the bride. Jesus said, I give to you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's what we're to do, to love one another. And then he says, fear God. If you belong to him, you don't have to fear eternal punishment. Not that kind of fear, but an awe and a reverence. Knowing his holiness, uh, the, the lesson this morning and then the song with the holy, holy, holy God of wonders. Do we believe that? If we believe that, if we believe that he created everything with a spoken word, then there's certainly a fear. If we understand his holiness and how just righteous and holiest that he is and how depraved and, and sinful we are, then obviously we're going to approach him with a reverence and an awe and a fear. And then he says, honor the emperor. And just think about the purpose of this letter once again, what Nero was doing. But he says, honor him. You might think about that the next time we complain about our government. Corrupt as it is. And there's nothing wrong with pointing out corruption. Matter of fact, it's required. It should be something that we do. But yet, submit where we can. And then, this listen, these are hard. These are not easy things to do. It's easy to talk about. But when you have that boss, or you have that cop, or you have that whatever authority placed above you that's just that guy... This is not easy to do. But you ask yourself, was there ever anyone who lived this way? Was there ever anyone who did it? Yeah. His name is Jesus. And though he was insulted, he did not retaliate. And though he was sinned against, he never sinned in response. And though he was humiliated, he never threatened to get even. And instead, he entrusted himself to his heavenly father. His submission led to his crucifixion. And his crucifixion brought salvation to the world. And there we are, back to the cross. How are you going to do this? By the cross. That's the only way. There's no way that our human nature is going to allow us to submit to foolish men, with that, especially with a pure heart. Some personalities will submit because that's what the kind of personality is. But in your heart, you're grumbling and complaining. But no, with, through Christ and through his Holy Spirit, we can truly submit and our heart can submit. Why? Because he died on a cross. And that's it. I mean, that, that's what it all, it always comes back. The entire book of Peter, he's talking about how to live in a, perse- in a monk's persecution. It's always back to the cross. Why is this? It's not about us. 
this submission, it's not about us. It's not about our boss. It's not about our president. It's about God. And that's what we got to remember. That's the key to doing this. That's the key to living under condemnation. That's the key to living under persecution from an evil government. It's the cross. It's to focus our eyes on Jesus. And it's to focus our eyes on the gospel. And it's to remember that he is sovereign and in control. And when we submit to the authorities, we submit to him. And when we submit to him, we glorify him. And people can believe the gospel and be saved. That's it. And so I would just I would, I would encourage you. To pray for those who are in authority. Pray for them when they, when they are abusing you or using you or things aren't going well. Raise them up to God in prayer. Pray that God would change their heart. Pray that God would open a door that by you submitting to them, it would open a door that you could share the gospel with them. And if you find yourself struggling a lot with this, with this concept, or you find yourself just dealing with the cross in general, that maybe you have sins that you haven't repented of. Or maybe you're sitting there and you think, maybe I'm not even a believer at all. Maybe, I've, maybe you've never repented and put your faith in Christ. Listen, today is the day of salvation. It is the cross of Christ that saves. You can call out to him and he will save you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this word. Uh, God, I, I thank you, Lord, even for the conviction that it has brought on me as I am so guilty of these things. Uh, Lord, help me with my heart to submit to all those authorities. Lord, help me, God, to be humble in my attitude towards them and that I would remember that when these times come up, that I, that I would think of you first. That I would so have you in my life, that my relationship would be stro- so strong with you in my daily walk. That when these situations arise, I would consider you and your glory first. And that I would do what would glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.